It is Locked On Jazz, an Aloha edition. Major rumors floating around the Utah Jazz will address those for you. Free agency rumors floating all around. What do they mean to the Jazz? And I've watched a bunch of draft prospects. Plus, we're live, and it's gorgeous. I'm silhouetted and backlit, but you don't care. You want to see that. We'll get to it. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Yes, I'm in Hawaii. Yes, we're doing a midday podcast because I'm not waking up at like 5 o'clock in the morning to do these. And yes, there's a ton of news to talk about, so I thought it was probably a good idea if we got together and talked about them. We are live on YouTube as well today. Uh, and that's where we're going to be. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Live. It should eventually become Locked On Jazz if all works correctly. Today's show is brought to you by our live NBA draft show. It's coming to you Thursday night. We will be live from the WFAA studios in Dallas, Texas. Chad Ford, John Corrales, Rafael Barlow. It'll be the biggest moment in Locked On history, and it will be our live show. All right, I you don't want to look at the silhouetted version of me. I will let you look at that fabulous view today for Locked On and then give you peaceful uh, look at the and not bother any of your uh, anxiety um, to what's taking place here uh, from a jazz standpoint on all the, on all the free agency um, that's taking place. So hopefully um, we will lessen that burden of things for you and uh, make you all feel a little bit little bit better uh, on how things look uh, with the jazz. All right, chat room will be open for you throughout. We are just on YouTube today. It's the first time we've done that. We're not on the Periscope as well. So if you, if you missed this live edition, you're wondering why, please make sure you go subscribe on YouTube to Locked On Live. All right, let's get to it. The big rumors are out there. We're hearing all the names we kind of thought we would. I'm not sure that this is that incredibly newsworthy um, in the sense that I think we anticipated a lot of this. It's obviously stemming from luxury tax conversation as much as anything else. And what we're talking about is the idea that the Jazz could possibly trade Joe Ingles, trade Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, Royce O'Neal and Jordan Clarkson's names have not been mentioned publicly, but we've talked about this the whole time. And Derek Favors could be a luxury tax. Um, issue as well. And I think all of those things are out there. And the question is going to be, you know, one, the first thing that the Jazz have to be evaluating is what is it going to take to re-sign Mike Conley? All the vibes around re-signing Mike Conley do seem to be at least relatively positive right now um, from most standpoints. And I think that that leads to then, well, what is that number? And then that if that number is massive, um, and I think it's going to be fairly big, then you have to make a decision on, you know, how much luxury tax you're willing to pay. Uh, you can't put the franchise in, you know, in peril 
you you know, it's it'd be nice if we could pay everyone, but frankly, we're not in a situation where we can suddenly be the Knicks or frankly the Knicks and the Lakers and some of these other people aren't doing it either. So when you when you look at that in, in kind of un, you have to be a little understanding. I've always said this. I've never thought the luxury tax was a sign of bravado if someone signs the luxury tax. I've always thought it was a little bit of the opposite. The luxury tax is just so prohibitive and so difficult that in fact of the matter is you've got to stay away from it. So there's numerous aspects to it. Can the Jazz couple the 30th pick along with Derek Favors to get outside the luxury tax? Can the Jazz trade Joe Ingles or Boyan Bogdanovich to change the landscape of the roster in a manner that improves who we are as a team? Can the Jazz trade, um, you know, can the Jazz uh, trade the, uh, do the can the Jazz get better in some ways? Trading Ingles and Bogdanovich, I think, is part of it. Favors, I think, you can move for the val. When you're paying Rudy forty, it's hard to have a backup center that's at nine million. That to me is the most logical luxury tax move here. You couple favors if you can with your thirtieth pick, and someone gets what is probably likely a starting center. And they get a 30th pick, and you take back a second-round pick of some sort in that deal. If if that's the case, that, that's really luxury tax. Ingles and Bogdanovich, to me, are more, and Clarkson or O'Neal are, are, could be, wow, we can't move favors. We have to make that move for luxury tax purposes to move that player on. That That could be one. Or... Is there a way to actually improve the team? Both those guys are 30-plus. Is there something that you can do? There's no question where the Jazz are as a franchise, though. It's three years in. Just because you're trying to avoid astronomical luxury tax deals does not mean you're not completely in. Does not mean that Ryan Smith is not completely in. The um, And I think that is important to understand that this is not a case of like, oh, they're suddenly not in. There's just at some point the luxury tax, and which is good for us, this is good for us as a franchise that the league has this rule, is so prohibitive that you actually have to stay away from it a little bit. And you just can't afford to have a $30 million Donovan Mitchell, a $30 million Rudy Gobert, a $25 million Mike Conley, a $22 million Boyan Bogdanovich, a $10 million, $11 million Derek Fate. Uh, Joe Ingles, a $9 million Derek Favors, and $12 million Jordan Clarkson. Like, it doesn't work the way. This is actually good for the Utah Jazz. The fact that the league is set up this way that you can't do that gives us a chance to compete against the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Steve Ballmers of the world. So the fact that we're on the, on the verge of possibly having to make a move to, you know, avoid luxury tax possibilities is is not a sign that the Jazz aren't committed. It's actually a sign that the league rules are doing exactly what they want to do. And I think that that's an opportunity for, you know, we we have to probably make the move. The other impact of this um, that could be the case is George Niang might be really hard to resign. If George Niang, the minute everyone in the league is seeing the Jazz have luxury tax issues, which everyone knew, this is not like newsworthy. The other teams know this, that if, if, George, if someone wants to sign George Niang, then that might be a hard number for us um, 
to be able to match and to be able to get. Now, on the other side, it also might be an opportunity for us that somebody wants to do a sign and trade with George Niang, and they want George Niang that maybe you can find a player a little bit more athletic, a little bit younger, more defensive-minded, maybe you know trying to swing this pendulum back. We, we swung the pendulum all the way to offense, and really what's happened to us is whenever Rudy's not on the floor defensively, We've really been quite poor for the last two years. And then in the Clippers series, they found a way to negate Rudy's defensive impact. And so therefore, we became really quite poor again. So is there some way we can do something that gets us to be a little younger, a more athletic, and a little bit better defensively? And let's make sure we understand what that means. Like, you can add a wing defender, but if you only have one wing defender, almost anyone in the league can get somebody off your wing defender, right? Like you can move someone off that wing defender without too much difficulty. So really almost you have to have Royce O'Neal and another guy. And then you're not going to be nearly as good as you were offensively because if that other guy can really shoot it, then he's an all-star. Can you find somebody who can really do good on-ball defense, impact a Luka, impact you know, a Paul George, impact some of the elite defense offensive players in the league and allow Royce O'Neal to also guard another guy. And now it's hard for them. If they switch off, we can get somebody back. You can kind of recover. You if you gotta have if you're gonna try to get better wing defensively, you've got to have multiple wing defenders there. So the the trade rumors that are out there, you know, I think are legitimate. Um in the sense that it's clear the Jazz have to do one of two things here a little bit with the roster. One is they've got to deal with some of the luxury tax issues, and if they can't move Derek Favors, then it might mean having to move one of the other four pieces that are movable. And then the next piece of the puzzle is the Jazz probably do have to look to see what roster reconstruction is available. I am not in massive favor of massive roster rebuild. I'm finding myself falling a little bit on the school of thought that the Milwaukee Bucks have like a 25% chance to win a title as one of the best teams in the league. And they've had three shots at it. And then one of their 25% chances came up. And last year we had a real shot at it at 20, 20% chance to win the title with the best record in the league. And if we can, if we believe that the roster is constructed right now, will be one of the top four teams in the West, then that's like another 20% chance to get to the finals. And I think you just, 25% and you just keep kind of taking that shot and eventually it all comes you get the right matchup and you break through the way Milwaukee did so that's a little bit of where I am in that all right um I uh will take some of your questions because I think there are questions on that and I watched a bunch of draft prospects and I want to share that with you aloha edition live from uh, Hawaii, hopefully you're joining the silhouetted non-clear version of me and the absolutely massive gorgeous Hawaii view uh, that you're getting in the background. Today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street in Murray. Also in Linden and in Logan, the Hyundai car lineup is just fabulous. The sedans are the Sonata and the Elantra. The Elantra won North American Car of the Year. I drove it recently and thought it would be absolutely uh, and was just blown away by what you can get for the price on that car. It's why it's the North American Car of the Year. And then uh, the SUV lineup is great. From the Kona to the Tucson to the Santa Fe to the beautiful, beautiful Palisade, we actually own two of the Santa Fe. So it's Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden. Feel free to stop by, and if you do, make sure you email me first so we can set up the VIP meeting. We sent somebody over to see Jason uh, in Murray and Josh in uh, 
Linden this last weekend, so make sure you email me first. It's dlock09 at gmail.com. The other one I love to tell you about is Intercap Lending. Why? Because Steve Carter is our personal loan officer, and he does just marvelous work. The reviews that come back time and time again from Steve Carter overwhelming. I got the most exciting email the other day. Someone, a first-time home buyer, and wanted Steve to help him out. I'm waiting to hear the verdict on how it all played out. You can reach Steve. He's our personal loan officer at Intercap Lending at 385 800 8528. That's 385 800 8528. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Intercap Lending, Steve Carter will give you amazing customer service, and they have been with us and done amazing work. All right, let me get to some of the questions before I share my draft prospects. Sorry to kill the view here for you. Good live audience on YouTube. Super appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Live. Um, Uh, I, I like this. David says, I hear what you're saying, but I have to tell you, the view is incredible. You're right. Uh, trade down with Brooklyn and get three seconds. That's what I did in the Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft. That's still available for you, the Ultimate Mock Draft. Um, I did that. Get, get off the luxury tax. Would have liked to attach favors to it if I could have, uh, but instead got us three seconds. I actually have a player in the second I really wanted. I never got to take in the back. What do you think of Eric Bledsoe? Sounds like the Pelicans will be moving on after trading him. So as of right now, I, you know, I'd rather have Mike Conley back than Eric Bledsoe in, in that sense that you're, um, you know, I, I wouldn't that I don't want to like give up on Mike Conley. You can't have Mike Conley and Eric Bledsoe with tax purposes. However, if they can't move Eric Bledsoe or Eric Bledsoe gets released and suddenly he could be a, you know, one of those Nicholas Batum, Reggie Jackson type signings the Clippers had, I would think that would be outstanding. So let's keep an eye on Bledsoe and see what happens with him because it would be just terrific if Bledsoe suddenly became out on the free agent market at some point in time, got released, and you could sign him as a backup point guard. Why sign favors to a bad contract last year, then all of a sudden now need changing him mind on him? Was that a Lindsay play last year the new GM is going to try to change? You know, I, I, I don't know the answer. I mean, maybe it's because Rudy wasn't signed yet. Um, you know, Adoka Azubuke was drafted and then Favors was signed and you're still waiting to sign Rudy. So I, I don't know, um, but I, I would agree that like you're in the luxury tax, but sometimes you also put the chips in and then you make the move to get out from under the chips at the next stage uh, would be the next sign of probably how you make the move to get outside outside of that. We had Favors had great value this year, opened up the possibility of us being able to play Rudy against second team minutes. Um, so in a lot of ways, that really, really worked for us. And I think that's part of, you know, so in, in that sense, I think that really was a great, a helpful move. Part of the reason we had the best record in the NBA, we were plus positive in those minutes. Um, and so, yes, I think there's a lot of positives uh, to what it was. But at some point, you actually, now that you're going to have to pay Donovan and Rudy into their new contracts, you have to get off of favors. And so you make that move. I still think sign and trade with Dallas for Tim Hardaway Jr. is what I see coming. Don't know why. That stuck with me ever since I heard it. I, Joe Ingles, Tim Hardaway kind of deal like that's an interesting possibility. It changes who we are, gives us another bona fide score, gives them another ball handler to leave Luka. There's like a lot of parts of that that make sense. Um, Boyan, I guess, could do it also. Uh, we get, you know, so that's a, I, I, I kind of agree with you, Andy, like, Tim Hardaway seems to fit a bunch of jazz junior seems to fit a bunch of jazz needs right now. Almost. The only problem is 
if Tim Hardaway is playing on your second unit and Jordan Clarkson's on your second unit, I think that's hard. Like Jordan just uses a lot of possessions. And so it's hard to go have another high possession user on the floor at the same time. And I think that um, makes it a little bit differently. Um, here comes a Dante says, why would we want George Niang back? Cause he shot 45% from three, had a fabulous defensive year and was a, is a, the greatest teammate anyone have. He had a tough playoff, but frankly, everybody would like to have George Niang back if it's possible. Um, I don't think the jazz are ever going to get a sniff at the finals with this roster. Well, then if that's the case and you have to make a massive change, I'm not sure that I would agree with you. I th would say, I thought we sniffed at it this year, right? Like you didn't, you know, you make the final four in your conference. I think you're sniffing at it. So I see that a little differently than you. Um, and I think that that's, um, you know, I think you've got Donovan and Rudy, two of the elite players in the NBA. You've got one of the elite coaches in the NBA. You've got fabulous bench pieces. Last year, we did something unique where we played the most money in the league for six, seven, eight. I thought it worked pretty well. It told you a little bit about how it was an interesting approach to roster construction that I thought was really good. I didn't see... I actually thought the value would be later with the pandemic year, and they were absolutely right on that, and it turned out to be really valuable. So I would disagree with the idea we didn't sniff. Is JC in a pick for Marcus Smart a possibility? I don't think so. Um, right now, Marcus Smart is the Celtics' starting point guard with the trade of Kemba Walker. So um, I don't know that I see that as a possibility. If you heard that somewhere, I'd be interested, but I don't. my natural instinct is I don't see that, and if Boston has any problem, it's the fact that you know they have – um, too many po possessions out of those two guys um, along the way. And I think that's, um, so I, I think that's, a, you know, there. Um, a Howell Neto reunion. Here's a free agent, I believe. Uh, we obviously are, are fans of his. Uh, he had a great year. He's been able to stay healthy since leaving Utah at a better rate than he did when he was with us. So tip of the hat to Howell. Um, I think he could actually be expensive. Um, you know, I'll give you a name out there, and I actually I know he's playing for France right now in the Olympics, and I, I don't know how. I'm a little curious about Frank Nilakina. Um, get him out of New York. Um, maybe not. I mean, he, he has not shot it well. I, I don't know if it would just be another, like, Emmanuel Moutier play. Um, he's got a great relationship with Rudy. He has the same agent as Rudy, frankly. Um, being, uh, I, he's a really good defensive athlete. He's long. He can, I think he can still, play, I actually think he's a 6-4-2-3 wing, and he's probably been typecast wrong as a point guard by, by Phil Jackson. Um, you know, he did in 33 games last year suddenly shoot 48% from three, which I think is a misnomer, but he shot 33% in his career so far. He's still only 22 years old. Um, I don't know. I I, I kind of think Neil Aquina could be, if I could get him on the minimum as my backup point guard at 6'4", 200 pounds, with the ability to defend, um and see if our developmental system can find something out of a 22-year-old guy. I kind of like that name um, as a backup point guard possibility for the Jazz. Those are the kind of subtle, more athletic, young moves. Like, I, I don't 
we keep talking about this all the time. Like, oh, get more. Like, someone's they got to be able to play, right? Like, so unless you're trading Joe or Boyan or someone, like, they got to be able to play. So if you're making a big move for someone or you're going to get this guy, like, is he really playing against someone? And and I, I actually, you know, if we have Mike and Donovan and and Joe and Boyan and Jordan and Rudy, like, it's just and Royce, like, I don't think many players are playing in front of those seven. So. If we lose, if, if we're adding a backup point guard, let's have it be like a 6'4", 200-pound, elite-level athlete. Probably doesn't have to play a lot. Mike Conley's out. I think Neil Aquina could probably play, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night on the nights in which in which Mike Conley doesn't play uh, to preserve him and I think could be a guy who, you know, lessens the burden on Joe as the backup point guard, which which seemed to be excessive last year on him. Um, and you know, at least that's the explanation. Um, and so I think that you could get there. Like if you lose George Niang, can you find like a six, 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 seven athlete who just kind of fills that role and is a little different, but like our seven guys are pretty well set. And I just don't see a lot of guys we're acquiring to go play, get inside the seven guys. It's also why like on the 30th pick of the draft, I'm going to tell you next about all the guys I liked and watched and some and players. Like why I traded it in the ultimate mock draft. Like I just don't see that 30th pick of the draft playing a lot. Like, and you know, unless they're, you know, unless you're developing somebody for three years down the road and three years down the road, we could be a really different franchise. So that that's kind of the way I'm looking at this. Um, and, and from those perspectives on it. So, you know, uh, You'll have to tell me whether you agree or disagree on that, and time will tell. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Our good friends at Built Bar will be sponsoring the live draft show coming to you uh, on Thursday night on at Locked On NBA YouTube channel, as well as Roku and Amazon Fire and all the Tegna TV stations uh, as well. But really, you, YouTube live broadcast, Chad Ford, Rafael Barlow on set for you. Uh, with John Corrales hosting. The Toffee Almond Bar is out right now. It's new. It's out. It's there for you. Uh, order it now. Plus the regular nine great Built Bar flavors, orange, strawberry, coconut, mint brownie, salted caramel, raspberry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and cherry barcia. I don't have my Built Bars in Hawaii right now, and I am missing them. 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. A official sponsor of the U.S. Uh, track and field team going for gold. You can get a special mixed bat box right now with that logo on it and all that. Go ahead and order Lock 15. It gets you a 15% discount on all of the built bars. 18 bar mixed box, two of each flavor, or build your own box with three of your favorite plus the toffee. Uh, the coffee almond is out and available for you right now at Built Bar. Com. Today's show also brought to you by betonline.ag. That's our <clears throat> our exclusive gambling sponsor that we have with you on the program. And you can get a 50% welcome bonus anytime uh, you want at betonline.ag. The Rodgers odds, by the way, Aaron Rodgers reporting to training camp, his odds from being the... MVP went from 20 to 1 to 14 to 1. Packers Super Bowl odds went from 25 1 to 14 to 1. Packers odds went from 12 to 1 to 8 to 1 to win the NFC. Um, so pretty big little movement there on the betting lines there. There's also all sorts of great NBA 
uh, futures that are out right now and available for you uh, involving the draft. So jump aboard over at betonline.ag and see what they're saying. Again, with the promo code locked on, you get a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. So make sure you jump aboard. Grab the opportunity, have some fun, make the draft even a little bit more fun uh, using all those and betting on those items. It is betonline.ag. All right, let me share with you some of the draft prospects that I've listened to or I've watched recently and what I thought of them. Uh, first one, uh, Jason Preston out of Ohio, um, probably going to slide into the second round. Non athletic, but a point guard, seemed to be in control of what he was doing, getting to the spots he wanted to, played with a lot of hesitation playing below the rim, had a little floater, 6'4". Again, not elite athletically. I would suspect, you know, not going to be able to help you in the playoffs, but might be able to be a viable 15, 20-minute-a-night NBA backup point guard. I watched Miles McBride out of West Virginia and Nishan Highland out of VCU, and i got to be really honest, I was not moved by either of them in this game when I watched them. Now, realize there's scouts out there that really know who guys are and understand who they are, and I'm watching these guys, you know, once or twice at a time without any of the expertise that they have. But, like, Miles McBride, when I first saw him out of West Virginia, nice body, physical size, and I was like, yes, like, wow, this is going to be great. And then I just, it didn't, it didn't materialize as the game went on. Like, I didn't see an impact I, he got pulled early for playing poorly by Bobby Huggins. He was off the floor a decent amount, and they played fine without him. They weren't dependent on him. He didn't jump off the screen at all to me as an NBA player. Miles Bone or Nishan Highland uh, is Bones because he's so skinny. He's not really a one. He's more of a two. He played off the ball for VCU. He's got a good stroke on the three-point shot and look comfortable there, but I didn't see a lot of other things. I don't think he's going to be big and strong enough to be able to make plays with the ball. I don't see a body that looks like it's going to develop uh, great. So neither of those guys really move me. I watched Tennessee against Arkansas. Keon Johnson's going to be a top 10 pick. He actually reminds me a lot of Jason Tatum out of Duke. Really, really heavy mid-range game. Able to get his shot whenever he wants. Didn't shoot the three very well. I think he's going to figure it all out. I thought he jumped off the screen. Looked to me completely like an NBA player. Uh, I was super impressed by Keon um, Johnson. He'll go early. He'll get there. I watched him against Alabama. The two guys on Alabama I was really thought were quite good and was impressed by. Um, one was. A a young kid, last name Primo, really young, like 17, 18 years old. He could really stroke it, seemed to have a nice flow, looked like he belonged until the TV camera got up on his face, and then you saw how young he was. I this would be if that if Primo's available at 30, it's a three-year-out play. You send him to your G League, you let him develop, but I thought he had a unique upside where he could he could possibly be really good. Unfortunately, uh, Springer in this game got hurt early, and so I didn't get to watch him. That was my hope. The other one, this is a weird name. I don't see him in a lot of mocks. I see him as a second-round pick. I He's old. I think he's like 23 years old. Um, but Alabama has a kid named Herb Jones, who, frankly, in the game that I watched... 
I kind of thought he was the best player on the floor. He's 6'7", 210. He's got a seven-foot wingspan. He's got, a like, in some ways, I feel like he's got everything wrong with him. He's 22 years old. But you know what? He's 6'8", 210. Here's what I saw about him. And, and the 22 years old part of it, like, makes me wonder a little bit. First of all, he played with the ball in his hands a lot. Like, I actually thought he could be like Joe Ingles and, frankly, play some some um, ball handling. I thought he could be like a 6'8". They, they ran him as a point guard. So he was kind of a point forward. I thought he was in control of the game. He was a top prospect in the 2017 class out of high school. He stayed at Alabama, whose program's only been okay. He averaged 11.7 rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. He was the SEC player of the year and the SEC defensive player of the year. Now he's 22. But here's what I really noticed about him more than anything. He was always off balance. Now, maybe you can't teach that, and that's why he's not going to be able to play in the pros. But he would drive and be off balance. He would kind of make him be running and accelerate and get off balance. I thought there might just be a true strength issue here. That if somehow you could get him stronger with a better core and get him a little bit more mature and maybe developed a little late, I thought this guy could really be a special, not a special, but a really good six foot eight multi dimensional wing player. Like, I, of all the games I've watched, and I've watched Preston at Ohio, I watched the Arkansas, the Alabama Tennessee game, I watched the West Virginia VCU game, I watched Oregon against Arizona State, I watched, I think that's one other game. So I watched like five or six. Like, I really liked Herb Jones. Now, again, there's a lot of reasons to not like him. I think he's probably available in the second round. We'd probably have to move up to go get him in the second round. If we can't trade the 30th pick of the draft, maybe you take him there. Um, I looked at his advanced stats at NBA.com, and they're not great. He's in the 19th percentile of transition, which tells he's not a great athlete. That's kind of the thing I was talking about. Like, he's a long strider, and he's off balance all the time. Like, it kind of reminds me of Gordon. When Gordon first came out to us, he was off balance all the time. Can you shorten his strides? Can you get him stronger? Can you get him a base underneath him? Because if you can, I think he's really good. I thought he could shoot off the bounce. I thought he had a little bit of a step back. I thought his three was pretty good. He's long and could play defensively. He was a good defensive. So Herb Jones is kind of my little pride project right now in this year's NBA draft. Time will tell whether I actually know what I'm talking about. I might have missed badly on the elite athlete in Robert Woodard last year. We'll see if I missed this year as well. All right, that is Locked on Jazz for today. I'll try to get some more out before the draft on Thursday uh, as news materializes. Time zone's a little crazy, as you can see. I'm in Hawaii, and I'm also trying to be a half-decent parent. Ha talk to you guys soon. Thanks very much for tuning in. This has been Locked on Jazz Thursday night, live Locked on NBA show. It's going to be amazing. Plus, plus, make sure you go and listen to the ultimate mock draft. It's still available for you on the ultimate feed. Talk to you soon.